I started this podcast as a way to reach out to those of you or those of us, right? We're in this together that may feel alone and feel like you're not seen and that you're not important. And I'm just here to tell you that you are seen and you are important and you are valuable. And even though today may feel hard or maybe today is the best day ever, I just hope that you are brought a little bit of encouragement from what I have to say today. When I got pregnant with my first baby, I was living in Scotland at the time and um, was about to move back home to the United States and morning sickness hit me so hard. I was like, I don't know what this feeling is, but I don't like it. It was so hard for me to get out of the get out of bed before like 10 o'clock in the morning. And then I'd be up for a couple hours and then I'd need to go back to sleep. And I just did not function very well. And I just didn't have any energy and I felt like totally unprepared for this feeling. Anyway, we get back home and hit the ground running and I was back to work and, um, you know, as soon as people find out that, that you're pregnant, they have lots and lots of things to tell you, all the things that you must do and all the things that you better avoid and horror stories about birth and just like, you know, successes they faced and all of this information is just like thrown at you. And, um, we lived in a house at the time that had like terrible internet and terrible cell reception. And so like to look things up, like was not very easy. And like the thought of reading a book, even though I love reading, like it made me nauseous to even think about reading books. And so people even gave me books to read to like help prepare to be a mom. And I was like, I just, I can't even. And I figured, like, that was fine. I wanted to be informed, but I felt, like, pretty confident that I'd be able to handle things. And I'd gathered, like, you know, tidbits from people here and there. But something about me is that I am really, really bad at receiving unsolicited advice. Like, I loathe it. And... I'm not, I know some people like really like when people give them advice and they're super teachable. They're much better, they're much better people than I am. Like I, that's something that I'm constantly working on. Like I want to be the one who's teaching and not the one who's like learning and receiving. Um, unless I've warranted in my mind that someone is like credible and that their advice is like worth taking. Um, I mean, I'll ask for advice and then it's fine, but that's just even saying it out loud. That sounds super just like lame, you know, like we should be teachable. 
anyway, I just, I went into being a mom with like, I really am tired of hearing all of this advice, but at the same time, even though I was tired of hearing it, I was storing it away and taking the words of all these mothers, like as the gospel and as, as gold. Um, and so my son is born and I'm thinking like, oh, it's going to just, it's going to be easy, you know, not, not like a cakewalk, but like, okay, well you, you feed them and then they're awake because they're supposed to stay awake, right? And then you put them to sleep and you lay them down and it's fine. But that's not how it happened. He would always fall asleep eating no matter what I did. He wanted to eat all of the time. He always wanted to be held And, you know, you have people speaking into your life saying, like, maybe you shouldn't hold them so much. And then other people saying, you know what, that's the best way. Like, you, attachment parenting is the way to go. And um, don't let them cry too much. Like, you don't want them to feel like their needs aren't being met. And then the next day, someone else would tell me, like, you have to let them cry a little bit and learn to be independent. And, um, by the way, here, maybe I've already had this soapbox moment before, but here it is for you. Like, really, really do we need to teach, like, a three-week-old how to be independent? They're not independent. They're not going off to college tomorrow, and, um, they're not, like, required to go get a job, and they, they literally are dependent on us for everything. So, trying to teach them independence as a as a little tiny baby is kind of a joke to me but anyway I I heard people say that and so I thought well okay then that that must be true and it began to feel just like ping pong balls in my head of like all of this information and trying to do it just right and read the books and um our doctor even gave us a book to read and I know it's been super effective for a lot of people and bless them for that. That's awesome. Well, it was not working and I was trying to follow it exactly. And my son just was not, he didn't fit that mold. And looking back, I know it's because he was growing so rapidly that he needed the calories. And, um, people would see me and they'd be like, wow, you've lost so much weight and I would say oh it's just gone straight to him and they kind of laugh and it's like no seriously like (laughs) he ate so often it was like he was sucking all the calories out of me and then some and so that I was just like at times I just felt like that I had nothing left like in me um which is weird to think about but Anyway, he was growing so rapidly and I just felt like I was constantly failing because I was being told all the time that I was and not directly. And it was more of just like, well, this is the way to do it. And so I knew that if I wasn't doing it that way, that I was failing. Um, And then I made the mistake of posting questions on Facebook And then you get all sorts of responses. And people just make you feel like idiots. 
they really do and unintentionally but and then they get worried about you because you're just being honest and real about where you're at and and then it's just a mess (laughs) um anyway as time went on it just became too much but I I figured it out I learned I learned my kid and I realized that as much as you know when people share things they wanted to be helpful they didn't know how much it was affecting me and you know because people just say things people don't think about the words that come out of their mouth most of the time um Anyway, I learned with my first that I had to just approach motherhood like I do cooking. And I know I've shared that before and that it's not about a recipe, but it is about, okay, figuring out how do I need to adjust taking advice for, for what it's worth and then making it my own. So then I had my second and um what I have realized this time around is it's not for me it's not even just like just adjusting to what the needs of my kid are but my new kind of philosophy I guess you could say is is to just roll with it and and to not even think about what other people are doing and to stop comparing to what my my kid is able to do compared to someone else's and a lot of that for me is like how much my kid struggles with sleeping and even though my son my oldest son had trouble sleeping um or getting down to sleep I just figured it was kind of a fluke, you know, or we worked through it and it's fine because I've now seen the end product. But with this, with this kid, it feels like, okay, like, why is this? It's happening again. And I started to question myself a lot because I'm like, well, if it happened twice, then maybe it's me. Um, But I'm just realizing like the season is short and... I have to just go with it. So there's been multiple nights where he'll wake up like after a half hour of sleeping and I'll try and comfort him. I'll put him back down. He'll sleep for another 30 minutes or less. Wake up. Put him back down. He'll sleep for maybe 15 minutes. Back up. And I just, I found that I was getting really frustrated And I'm like, this isn't working because me getting frustrated doesn't fix things. I'm like, I'm just going to roll with it. Who even cares if I hold him all night to sleep or if I allow him to be awake right now, even though that goes against all of the rules um, because it meant that we all could be happier. And I just... I figure, you know, in the olden days, you know, before the internet (laughs) and before social media and way back even before then, you know, before people were super connected, 
nobody really knew what you were doing with your kids unless you told them or unless they were there and I think there was probably an understanding that you just have to do what you have to do for that time and to not get so worked up even about how much time it takes for your kid to go to sleep or how long they sleep or how often they sleep um there wasn't this obsession with okay they have to eat this food first and then this food there wasn't this struggle of like oh your kid is rolling over or not rolling over or not grasping for things or haven't laughed yet or whatever and I know those things have come because we have learned like as a society like things that are normal are to be looking for um, to be aware so things aren't wrong but most of the time it's not necessary to know all those facts and figures about our kids and we just end up stressing ourselves out because we feel like we're not measuring up and so for me I'm just I'm just rolling with it Part of the reason why I've adapted the philosophy of just rolling with it is that like you can't change who your kids are you can help mold them and help shape them and help you know um, bring out their strengths and help build up their weaknesses but at the end of the day they are who they are and I think it occurred to me when um, we first tried to switch my son from his crib to a big boy bed, I knew I was had another one on the way, and I knew it was a little bit early to switch a baby like to the, a bigger bed. But I also felt like you know, other people do it. It's not that hard. You just you know, there might be one rough night, but. I I didn't adequately prepare for it, nor did I really make sure that my son was ready for it. And so, anyway, we ordered the bed, we set it up, he was super excited about it. We're like, okay, great. Um, and so, we laid by him for a little bit, and then um, we walked out of the room, and he would lose it. And so, it's like, okay, so I'll just... I'll, I'll lay by him till he falls asleep. It'll be fine. But the thing is that he woke up like multiple times in the night. And every time I was having to lay next to him to get him to fall asleep. Now, something um, about me is that I tend to try things when my husband is on a work trip. Now, this was no exception. We had done one night together, I think. Well, he was still here and then um you know we were like okay that was a rough night but it's gotta get better right and my son was super excited about the bed still and so i thought okay well you know what maybe we just need to be a little bit more like aggressive about it like walk out of the room sit by the door have the door shut and he'll be fine like everybody says that 
they just have to kind of get used to it and it's a little bit intimidating and scary because a crib provides a lot of security and they've been in it since they were born and and so I tried to like kind of ease my way out and um the second night didn't go great but I was like okay we'll try it we'll try a third night and this time I was like okay, I was adamant I was not going to lay by him for him to fall asleep because it was just getting out of control with how many times I was having to lay by him to fall asleep. And so I was like, it's fine. I'll just, he'll figure it out. He'll fall asleep. No problem. And so I, I did that and I hear him just like banging on the door and he's screaming and crying and he's just going like ballistic and it wasn't that I tried this like at the beginning of the night I thought it was a good idea to try this in the middle of the night once I had already tried to get him to go back to sleep and it just wasn't working and so again it was bad planning on my part but Anyway, he's crying and losing it, and then I'm crying because I feel so terrible, and I don't know what to do, and I'm pregnant, so I'm extra emotional anyway, and I call my husband. It's like the middle of the night, and I'm like, I just, I don't know what to do, and he can hear my son just like so upset, and he's like, just put him in his crib, because we hadn't taken the crib down yet, and um... And some people say that was part of our mistake, but I don't think that's it. I just think he just wasn't ready. And so what we did, because I didn't want him to feel like he had failed, like in being a big boy. He was still a big boy, and so we put the mattress behind his bed, and we talked about like how when he was ready, it could show that he could sleep all night without us coming in, that then um, we could bring the big boy bed out and and it worked out he ended up sleeping better and we got his sleep back to like what it should be but we just like did not try that bed again for a long time until he finally like was asking so much that we we went for it but it wasn't in our timing we had to just like listen to him and wait for his cues and just wait for him to be able to like converse about it The other thing was potty training and we again had this goal because we had another one on the way that we thought well we gotta get him potty trained and the books say and people say like the ideal time is between 20 and 30 months and if you do anything after that then this is going to be really hard and we tried and he was sort of interested and he was showing signs for it and so we we went for it and like multiple after like multiple times of having to clean pee up off of the like living room floor like right after I just took him to go to the bathroom and he wouldn't go I just was like this is not working this is not the time and so even though it was a bummer I knew like I just I have to roll with it and um anyway eventually he ended up in a big boy bed And eventually, he was ready to be potty trained, and it really didn't take much effort because he was actually ready, and it was after he was 30 months. Um, 
I just feel like so many people share like information like from studies and stats and things that they've experienced and none of that is wrong like the books or whatever but what I found from my family and from myself is that most of the time they don't work for us and people told me that if your kid's not sleeping through the night by 18 months they never will well that wasn't true um and so I just want to encourage some of you out there who are feeling like well my kid doesn't fit the mold things aren't going according to the formula that maybe the formula is not for you and maybe you just need to roll with it and listen to your kid um I've been trying to remind myself of this philosophy through a week of like, you know, it's funny how this happens where you have like this epiphany moment of like, oh yes, like this is how I'm going to view life and you're going to cling to that and you think this is going to be the the ticket, the magic to keeping me having a good attitude and, but honestly, I still have my bad attitude days and my my bad moments of where I don't want to roll with it and I just look at my infant and I think why why don't you sleep like everybody else and the thing is is who is everybody else every kid has like is wired differently and there's a different purpose and like I don't know what it is that God has for my kids and what this time is for and I think that we can miss out on things like things that God wants to show us or teach us or things that we can grow in if um, we try and rush through difficult times and um, if we're constantly just trying to be like everybody else we're going to miss out on what what it is that's for us and what it is for our kids and um, this morning I was reading some Oswald Chambers and sometimes I don't really like Oswald Chambers and I don't know if that's an okay thing to say but sometimes I feel like he's a little negative but um today he was talking he was talking about um how in the darkness is when God can speak to us but we just need to be quiet and stop talking so much (laughs) essentially is what he said and I think I totally find that, especially in those literally dark moments of the night when I'm so exhausted and then words come out of my mouth that shouldn't and I miss out on things that God could tell me, you know, and that he could show me because I'm just talking and I am causing more damage than if I would have just been quiet and I could have like gleaned some really valuable lessons or encouragement or wisdom. Part of why I like the phrase roll with it is that it implies movement. It implies that you are not stuck where you are, that it's not going to be this way forever. It's not sit there and dig your heels in and wait. It's roll with it. Figure out what's going to come next and let it let it be. Let it happen. Learn from it and grow. Um, so this may be like a serious, silly example, but um, speaking of roles, 
um, after having a baby. Things are just extra squishy and clothes just don't fit the same way. Like, even though like I'm back to pre-pregnancy weight, my body's not the same. And I could really stress about that if I wanted to, you know? Like, go on a stringent diet, exercise a lot, and really try and feel good in those genes. And that, that may be something that I do, but I also feel like this is the season that I can't, that's not something I can worry about. And sure, I can get into my jeans, but they actually make me grumpy. If I wear them for too long in the day, they push in on my rolls and, or my squish, you know? And so I just throw on a pair of leggings and it's like, what is wrong with that? Like I can wear leggings as long as I want, you know? And that's the beauty of them. And I feel like leggings totally represent just my approach to life right now. And I feel like jeans totally represent following books and following the formula and the standard, which there's a place for. And if you're ready to get back in your jeans and feel good and comfortable, metaphorically, then do it. But if you're needing time to just be in your leggings and to let it roll, like go with that. Um, while this is my philosophy to roll with it, that doesn't mean that that has to be yours. And I have a lot of friends who read a lot of parenting books and it works for them and it feeds their soul. And that is so good. And I, like I applaud that and I encourage that. Um, but for me, I know that I have to just have a role with the attitude because of the children I've been given. And I know I talked a lot today about parenting and mothering and some of you listening out there may not be a parent or a mother or maybe you're just like your kids are out of the house so it's different. It's not like you're in the trenches anymore. But hopefully you can apply the same philosophy to to where you are at and realize that you don't have to fit the mold and that um, you can just keep rolling with it, not in an aimless way, but in a way that you don't stress about the things that come at you, um, but look at it as an opportunity to grow and to learn and to be transformed into something new. Anyway, that's all I have for you today. I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day and take care.